0: Hello and welcome to Sad Times, the podcast by sad people for sad people. I'm your host, Alyssa. And today is going to be a little different. I don't know. I mean, I guess every episode has been kind of different. It's like episode seven. I'm making it whatever, whatever. I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, if you can tell by the title, maybe you can't tell by the title. I'm going to be talking about like how I got like into indie music, I guess, and like kind of like my my musical journey for lack of a better term because I went through a lot of like random phases like as a music listener I guess I don't know but before I get into that let's do a quick little catch up since the last episode the Govball lineup was announced and day two consists of acts like Meg Stallion, Phoebe Bridgers, Muna, Bleachers, Big Thief and so many more. You know, the first night that Friday, Billie Eilish headlines. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, just a lot of really, really great artists are going to be performing, and I'm lucky enough to be going. Well, God willing, you know? Like, yes, I have the ticket, but who knows what's going to happen, you know? Um, today, Lucy Dacus, well, the day I'm recording this, I should say. Lucy Dacus just announced that she will be performing a show at Red Rock's Amphitheater on June 23rd with Shaky Graves. And that, like, planted this seed in my head. And I'm kind of just, like, fantasizing Phoebe Bridgers announcing her tour, which I keep talking about. And if she happens to be playing any show at Red Rock, I will be going. Like, I will fly there. I don't care. I just I just had this epiphany today during class. I was like, because I, I saw Lucy announce it. And I was like, if Phoebe's performing there, I'm going. So I'm just putting that out there. I'm manifesting. That's really what this podcast is. It's just me manifesting things that I want. I think those are the main things I wanted to cover. Yeah, I think so. So let's get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes here of, you know, this episode. So, obviously, I'm very into indie music. I'd I'd say I'm pretty passionate about it. I feel like all of the artists I listen to now have been very, like, formative. Also, it could be, like, the fact that... it, It also could be the fact that I've been, like, in college for this, you know, span of time, which are just, like, formative years in general. But, I don't know. Like I said, it's just a genre that I'm very passionate about and a community that i I feel like I'm actually like a part of. And I know that sounds like really fucking like corny, but it's true. However, like I kind of alluded to in the beginning, it wasn't always like that. I went through some interesting you know phases and we're gonna let's we're gonna get into that. but let's 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 start from all the way in the beginning. Growing up, I, was really... I was solely exposed to, like, hip-hop music. That's, like, what my dad would always have playing. I mean, my god, like, early, like, late 90s, early 2000s hip-hop and rap. So, like, G-Unit and 50 Cent and, like, Ja Rule and Fat Joe and Big Pun and Birdman, Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Jay-Z, like, Twista, like, You name it, like, that's what I was listening to, like, as a kid. I was probably one of the very few, like, white, like, first grade girls who, like, were, were, like, was wearing, like, G-Unit sneakers and, like, a G-Unit shirt and, like, a G-Unit hat. You know what I mean? I always liked to be a trailblazer. I think that's really what the lesson is here. Um, No, but yeah, I don't know, a lot of, like, weird memories, like, stick out my mind from, like, like, I really, I don't know, I don't know, that's just, like I said, that's, like, really just, like, what I was exposed to, but, of course, like, also Top 40, you know, like, I have also, like, vivid memories of singing, like, Behind These Hazel eyes on, like, my way to school, my mom just looking at me, like, like, smiling, like, thinking it was cute, but, like, I was probably fucking terrible, so, yeah, that was, like, kind of what I initially was was into because it was just what I was surrounded by and also on this note we are part of this like celebrity focused culture you know and I feel like I, I'm always constantly thinking about like if I was an artist like what my answer to like the main interview questions would be and one of those questions I I feel like is constantly asked like what was the first record you bought like da 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 and I don't remember the first album I bought like with my own money per se but I know that the first CD I had my own copy of was goodies by Sierra which is so fucking funny and like honestly iconic of me because I know like my older sister is like also very very into music and she's a singer and always had like a shit ton of CDs so but I remember that was like the first time like I had a copy and she had a copy and then I I remember like you know, filling out my own little, like, CD case. And I remember getting, like, sync Barbies. I would come with, like, a little sync CD and, I don't know, a whole bunch of, like, random fucking CDs. Aaron Carter, Dream Street, you know, all that shit. Because, of course, like I said, like, yes, I was, like, mainly into hip-hop music, but also as a kid, of course, you're gonna be, like, into pop. That's just, like, inevitable. But also, like, my sister was, because she's five years older than me, so she was a huge fan of, like, the Backstreet Boys and stuff like that, so, like, over time, like, you know, over the years, I really have, like, I know my fair share of, like, Backstreet Boys deep cuts, like, do you hoes know anything about Unsuspected Sunday Afternoon? Like, I don't think so, do you know what I mean? So, off the jump, I was, I was listening to, like I said, very interesting combination of music, but, you know, once again, I'm a trailblazer. That's the theme. Anyways. So I want to say I was in like fourth grade. I want to say, yeah, I'll say fourth grade. And I remember my sister and I, my older sister and I would like constantly make fun of the Jonas brothers. And the gag was, I wound up like falling in love with them. And (laughs) I remember, like, being insecure to, like, admit that I liked the Jonas Brothers. Like, I was, like, I was, like, like, we would talk shit about them and make fun of them because, like, we were kids. Like, like, the Jonas Brothers obviously did nothing wrong. Like, we were just being assholes. But I was, like, you know what? Like, SOS kind of pops off. And then I got, like, like I said, I got into them. And that was, like, at the time of, like, when their self-titled album was out. And, like, like I said, the SOS video would play on Disney Channel all the time. Hold on. on. When you look me in the eyes, that's just the way we roll, all those good songs. I feel I was really mainly into like the singles off of that album. I guess I didn't like dive in, you know. But I remember when a little bit longer came out. Like I remember it being a debate like whether the Jones brothers were like what genre they considered. Like they're not rock, they're a bunch of kids and I get that, whatever. But like that is like they're they're that's rock. You know what I mean? Like they're playing guitars, you know, like I don't know, like, in my mind, like, the Jonas Brothers radicalized me, and the Jonas Brothers made me emo, like, you can't listen to, like, title track on a little bit longer and tell me, like, that shit's not fucking emo, like, that that shit's so fucking emo, even Lovebug is fucking emo, (laughs) I'm getting so defensive over this, no one is arguing with me, but anyway, that was, like, the first band I got into that was, like, alternative I don't I don't do you consider them that like I don't know like it just like it was just different than what I was used to listening to it was guitar driven and stuff like that and a little bit longer was an album that like I got super into and like I knew all those songs I knew that album like front to back I still probably do honestly like and like plus you have songs like burning up that like really helped my two worlds collide hip-hop and you know rock like, that's incredible. Like, that's the modern day, like, Walk This Way by Run DMC and Aerosmith, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. Anyway, and like, you know, once I, I came out as a Joe Bro stand, um, my sister was fine with it. And there were like a lot of, a lot, and like when I say a lot, I mean a lot of very embarrassing videos of me performing, pretending I am Joe Jonas with. Various different people, my sister, my cousin, like my friends, like that was like something I did regularly, like pretending to be Joe Jonas, which is so interesting and makes so much sense now if you really think about it. Also, I was Joe Jonas for Halloween in sixth grade. Also, (laughs) I just remembered this. I well, whatever. Uh, Yeah, I was Joe Jonas for Halloween in sixth grade. I'll insert a picture if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening to this on you know just just the audio version. God knows where, you should check out the YouTube video so you can get the visuals here. I also remember, you know, like in sixth grade, I took like family consumer science and they gave you like an egg baby, you know, over the weekend to, you know, because apparently that determines whether or not you're going to be a good parent or something. I remember I made it, like I drew on it to make it look like Joe Jonas. Anyway, moving on from that. So that was like around like fourth grade. And then in fifth grade, I remember for Christmas, we got guitar hero world tour, which fucking slapped. That was like the guitar hero that, you know, like was trying to compete with rock band. It came with the drums and you would sing and whatever. Um, if you were me, you would buy a mic stand just for your Wii microphone and you would play guitar and sing at the same time because you just needed that much attention, but whatever. Anyway, but yeah, fucking bangers were on there, like living on a prayer, fucking eye of a tiger. Like that playlist was incredible. And misery business by Paramore. Paramore was another band that I feel like my sister like would always like make fun of. One, I'm like also my sisters like we were just kids like I said being assholes. Like it's not like my sister like was bullying me or like making fun of the shit I liked. It wasn't like that. Also, she has since come with me to several Paramore concerts and stuff like that. We love Paramore, um, but anyway. So I was once again like very insecure to like say like I like this song or whatever. But I don't remember, I don't remember like the actual come out, you know, but I just remember like immediately really getting into them. And I remember I, like my mom bought me like the Riot CD and my dad got it for me too. Cause he didn't fucking know. So I had two Riot CDs and like, I think it was like a year late, around a year later is when Brand New Eyes came out. And I remember the day that that came out, well, no, well, actually, that's a lie, me backtrack, I remember the day that the Ignorance music video came out, and they would play it on MTV every hour, and I watched it every fucking hour, I was obsessed with that song, the music video, eventually, that album, like, oh my god, like, I literally remember, this is so, this is so fucking stupid, my friend was away, and, like, my family was, like, checking in on her grandma's cat, this is so random, and, like, my mom dropped me, like, not dropped me off, but she was, like, waiting outside, she had me run in to go, like, feed the cat or whatever the fuck, and I turned MTV on in, like, her grandma's little apartment and watched it, like, at that hour, like, I was, like, I'm not, like, I was so fucking dedicated to Paramore, I still am, as much as I joke around as, like, the Jonas Brothers made me emo, I just think it's funny, but, like, really, it was Paramore, like, brand new eyes is such an important fucking album to me and if you know anything about me and like my life and if you know about like the the lyrical content of that album and like it makes sense to you like why that album is really important to me it's an album i've gone to countless times like i don't know when like shit is bothering me or whatever it's just and it's just become a real source of like comfort and i've always dubbed misguided ghost to be like my all-time favorite song I, it will it will always be like an all-time favorite song for me just Hayley Williams will always be always be one of my favorite writers you know what I mean like I, like I said just Paramore means so fucking much to me and Brand New Eyes literally changed my life so like I said that was like fifth and sixth grade between like like when I found them and like when Brand New Eyes came out I'm pretty sure and then from there, I got in- I started getting into some other bands. I just, like, really just wanted to get into everything I could get into. Um, I w- got really into Green Day. This is, like, between 6th and 7th grade. I got really into Green Day, and I remember my stepsister, like, burned me a copy of 21st Century Breakdown. That was, like, the album cycle that was currently, you know, going on. And I was, like, fucking obsessed. Like, that's another album I got really, really into, and then I started like, you know, getting into the older stuff and I would just watch like videos of Jesus Suburbia live all the time and shit like that. And I also got into brand new, who I no longer support because I stand with women. I don't care what the fucking story is. I don't care if your team brand new. I don't I don't care. I always will stand with, you know, the victims and the women. So fuck Jesse Lacey, fuck brand new. Um, I won't get too much into their music because it's not really worth it, but that's just another band that I got into. I would go into Journeys and like Shazam the fucking songs they had playing just because I just wanted to um, just listen to like more and more like rock and alternative and shit like that. Oh my god, wait, I should also say before I, before I move forward, I should also say that I think the main catalyst in my, in my music is listening experience was the were the soundtracks to the Tony Hawk video games when I was younger specifically Tony Hawk Underground and Tony Hawk Underground 2 Remix um those fucking soundtracks went so fucking hard like I had the playlists on Spotify like I liked the the playlist on Spotify where people literally like went through the fucking credits on the game and added all the songs like and I will listen to it. I will listen to, like, the hard, Like It was just so eclectic. It would have, like, hardcore punk music. It would have Johnny Cash. It would have fucking Nas. Like, that was fucking sick. So I just want to say that that actually planted the seed. Planted all the seeds. It was fucking incredible. I fucking love- Like, I'm waiting for, like, a new Tony Hawk Underground, like, remastered version. I would fucking- I would buy- whatever gaming system it was on just to fucking, like, play those games again. Like, I just want to put that out there. I fucking, fucking love those games and those soundtracks. So those, those are really the things that radicalized me. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah, went through a weird little emo phase in middle school. This is what I wore my first day of sixth grade, by the way, if you want a mental picture. Once again, you can see this if you're watching the YouTube video. If you're just listening, maybe you should go check it out and see, see this. So, That was that. I also have this like really funny memory. I think I was in like sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. I had to have been like sixth or seventh grade and I had an iPod touch. I wouldn't necessarily say I had like the most friends in middle school. Um, so any time, any opportunity I had for like people to like, like me or talk to me, I would absolutely jump on it. And I remember this girl, like, wa- wanted to borrow my, like, iPod Touch so she could, like, play games on it or whatever, like, during lunch or, like, whatever. Or she was, like, I'll give it back to you at lunch, whatever the fuck it was. I don't remember the exact, you know, stipulations in the contract, but I was, like, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. And I remember she gave it back to me and she was, like, she, like, saw that there was there was Green Day on my iPod and she was, like, she was like, there's Green Day on here. Like, are you, like, emo or something? And I remember being like, oh, like, no, like, that's my sister's. Like, we just, like, share, like, an iTunes or whatever. Literally not true. I was just so fucking insecure. But, you know, it's fine. Everyone, Everyone's insecure at some point. You know what I mean? You got to build up to, like, owning it, you know? Then in eighth grade, I remember <laughs> I I got back into, like, hip-hop music and rap music specifically Nicki Minaj like I was a hardcore Barb this is something that has been addressed on this podcast before um I still identify as a Barb to be honest but like I was like like I'm not kidding like truly like a hardcore Nicki Minaj fan like had a fan Twitter had a fan Instagram like the posters the perfume the t-shirts I've seen her I've seen her live like I'm talking like downloaded her mixtape, would download every feature, would learn every feature, every fucking verse. Like I'm not going to lie, like I don't I don't know Queen as well, but like her albums before that and her mixtapes like I'm very well versed. Very well versed. Like I can like hear a word and like figure out like I'm like Nicki Minaj said that in a song. I'm, like oh, and she said and like I could and then I just wrap the whole verse. Like I just it's something that is like so ingrained in my mind. Like Every that whole experience. And also, like I said, I was very into Drake. That was like around the time Take Care came out, which is a really good fucking album. I don't regret that phase at all. I don't regret being a barb. It made me who I am today. It is who I am today. So there's that. And I don't remember exactly when it was, but I also went through like a pretty hardcore like techno phase and like EDM phase and like Chemical Brothers and Crookers and shit like that. Yeah that was like random I feel like for me also there was like a also Skrillex I think was in there too yeah like really fucking random it wasn't that long of a phase but it was there and like I do have like a real appreciation for for that kind of music I don't know it's like really powerful when music can be like so like you know people go like to raves and EDC and shit like that and like yeah like that kind of culture is like people can make their comments about whatever but like When a music can unify people like that with like no, no words, just music, like that's fucking crazy, like that's sick. (laughs) So then, like in like tenth grade, I no nine, like ninth or tenth grade, is when Paramore's self-titled album came out, and I didn't listen to it at first. It took me a couple months. Once I was done with my, you know, not done, but like once I was like, you know, past my my last hip hop phase. I like realized that they released an album because like I I didn't even realize it and um got really into it and that kind of kick-started the whole thing again and then I got really into a fallout boy and panic at the disco and like shit like that like I don't even know I was like like I was like I was kind of like catching up almost in a way on like the things I didn't listen to before like I remember I got really into this is like kind of like the rest of high school I want to say like what I'm, everything I'm about to say um I got really into Pretty Odd which is an album I I wasn't I didn't really li- I didn't listen to when it first came out like I came to it like years later and like that's an album that I think is fucking amazing like once again Brennan Urie and Panic of the Disco people have their opinions on them but I think I think everyone can agree that Pretty Odd like is an insane album um well actually some people that actually might be kind of controversial some people hate that album but I, I don't know, I, I think that album is so, so fucking good, and and yeah, like I said, I was kind of just like catching up, I think uh, I, I, I got back into brand new and stuff like that, and really what kind of changed things too for me were I found 21 Pilots, and I remember uh, I was in 10th grade, and I remember I had just gotten a ukulele for Christmas, and I really wanted it, well, I, I really just wanted to, like, learn an instrument. I figured that would be, like, a good instrument to start out with, plus, like, the Paramore interludes were all ukulele-driven. I was like, I could play all the Paramore interludes. Um, and I remember just, like, f- stumbling across House of Gold, because obviously everyone at that time was, who had a ukulele, was playing that song. And um, I just started getting into 21 Pilots. And it was during the time of vessel. And I mean, I briefly touched on this last episode because I said like Twin Pilots was like very, you know impactful for me. It was like the first time since brand new wise, I've found comfort like that in music., um, you know, music is just so fucking powerful, and like it, it like if if nothing else, it really just shows you like, you're not alone. You know what I mean? The shit that you think or the shit that you go through or whatever. And that sounds really fucking cheesy, but it, it it's it's honestly true. And I remember like I, I saw them for the first time like a couple months later, like live. And like, that was like just so crazy. And yeah. And then eventually like a couple of years later, Blurryface came out, which obviously like just changed everything for them. And then like they went from playing like the Paramount in Huntington, which is where I saw them for the first time to playing like Madison Square Garden yeah but I mean like I said last episode like as much as like their music isn't doesn't really do it for me the same way like it it once did like it'll always be like important to me but yeah that was pretty much like like most of high school I want to say senior year I went through a phase where like I was really into like like early 2000s pop like I was like obsessed with listening to like Like Britney Spears and Khalees and I don't know just like random shit like that I don't know but once I started college this is where like all like the emo and indie shit kind of comes into play um I feel like the first like indie song I remember listening to was Fourth of July by Sufjan Stevens and I remember my friend Danny sent me a YouTube playlist of like music or whatever and like to be honest, I wasn't going to listen to it. And I was just skipping through it this way. I could, like, bullshit some answer. Like, oh, I liked this song, even though I just skipped through it. If Danny, if you're listening to this, sorry. I'm I am being honest. I'm coming clean. But um, I clicked on 4th of July and I was skipping through it. And I actually really liked it. And I started from the beginning and I played it through. And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually, like, really fucking good. Really fucking sad, but really fucking good. And then I started listening to, like, all of Carrie and Lowell and stuff like that. I, I didn't get, like, too, too into it opening any doors for me. Like it kind of just kind of just stopped there. And then around like a year ish later, I remember I was like in the library at school, not doing homework. And I was just on YouTube. And, um, I came across Julian Baker's first tiny desk concert. And she's an artist that I would constantly see like Hayley Williams talk about and, and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, let's just, let's just see what the hype's about. And I watched it, and I was just, like, blown away. I think the moment that did it for me, that, like, really did it for me, was when she, like, when she sang Funeral Pyre, which is, I'm pretty sure, the last song that she sings for the, during the performance. And I was just, like, whoa. And then I got, so that it was, like, right around the time that Turn Out the Lights came out. And I got really into that album. I got really into Sprained Ankle. And... I was just like, this is like top tier, like sad fucking music, like so fucking good. And then from her, I wound up finding like everyone. I don't even remember how it happened. I know that like, I think, I think Haley also tweeted about Big Thief. And then after finding you, I I was like, I should probably listen to like every, I should probably listen to everything that Haley Williams like recommends, because if it's going to be this good, then like, I want to hear it. And... Um, so I started getting into Big Thief, and then Phoebe, I don't even remember how it really happened. I think, like, somehow I, like, stumbled onto indie Twitter, like, not really on purpose, and I started getting into Phoebe a little bit, but I wasn't super, super into Phoebe until Boy Genius, and then I remember getting into, like, Boy Genius, Stan Twitter, like, randomly like not even on purpose like I started following this person because of like something else and then like after that it was just like snowball effect I started following all these people like that were like fans of like Phoebe and Lucy and whatever and then every time like everyone would talk about an artist like I would listen to that artist and I would fall fall in love with them too like Soccer Mommy for instance like I saw Soccer Mommy open up for Paramore in 2018 and at the time i had no idea who she was like i didn't really start getting into her until like at least a year later and i was like that was so fucking stupid like i had no idea who she was like i wish i did and whatever um but you know other artists too like snail mail like would have never have heard of her if it wasn't for like twitter you know, talking about her. I mean, it's the same thing now when I hear, when I, I've talked about this so many times in the past, but if I constantly hear people talk about a band or an artist, like, I'm going to look them up and, you know, chances are I'm going to like them because, you know, I follow all these people, all these like-minded people and we all like similar music. So, like I said, like, all this music has been, like, really formative for me because I feel like, I don't know, like, it just, it just, like, helped me find, like, sounds so fucking stupid, but, like, help me find, like, my, I don't want to say my personality, but just, like, find myself, that sounds so fucking lame, oh my god, whatever, it's true, and, and like I said, it might just, like, coincidentally be because it was during my college years, which are already, like, already kind of shape you in a way, like, maybe if I, like, was listening to, like, maybe if I started college as a BARP, things would be different, you know what I mean, but that's, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know what I mean? can't, can't really think about the hypotheticals here. You know, now I'm at a point where, like, I'm so passionate about this music that I found, and, you know, like, I found artists like Phoebe Bridgers, who literally, like, Stranger in the Alps and Punisher are, like, such important albums to me, and I mean, even Soccer Mommy, like, I've talked about this so many times, too, but, like l- like, Soccer Mommy has literally gotten me through, like, 2020, like, I would listen to her every single day, and, you know, Julian Baker, she started all this, but, like, also her music will always be very, very important to me, especially, um, Spraying Daigle and Turn Out the Lights, like, since I listened to those at the same time, they kind of go hand in hand for me, um, and they kind of represent, like, the same time period for me, um, but, you know, all these artists together, like, I don't know, they kind of just changed everything, I guess, um, and, you know, I've seen, like, some of my favorite shows since I started listening to these kinds of music, you know, all the shows at Brooklyn Steel, you know, like, just thinking about, like, the amount of concerts I went to and like, obviously not 2020, but in 2018 and 2019, that's, like, the most amount of concerts I've ever been to, like, in my life, like, I've just been, like, I've never had this, like, amount of, like, passion, I guess, for, like, like, I don't know, like, I guess a genre of music or just, like, I don't know, like artists in general. And like, I'm sure that there are so many artists that I like forgot to mention that I'm going to kick myself later for, but I mean, it's just like never ending. Like I'm going to be finding artists forever, which is great, which is like very exciting. But like this, this core group I found over the past, like, I don't know, four or five years have, um, I don't know. They've, they've honestly changed my life and they've, um, you know, influenced my radio show, which obviously, which I, you know, talked about like the first episode like, that literally changed my life and that obviously, you know, inadvertently inspired this as well. So yeah, I'm just grateful for the, for the music. Um, I'm grateful for, um, the genre. I'm grateful, grateful for all the artists and, um, yeah, I hope that they continue to be like the soundtrack of my life. So that once again, sounds really fucking cheesy, but it's true. Um, but I think that pretty much covers you know my story, and my journey. Once again the theme here is I'm a trailblazer. Um no, kidding. Well actually no I'm not. I am. But um let's talk about the song of the day. Last episode I discussed Coin's new EP. Oh, well no, I this well new EP that now completes the Rainbow mixtape album and a song I really want to highlight is called Different Moons. And this is one of the songs that I kind of gravitated to when I was like going through my first listen. Like I was kind of skipping around the whole mixtape and just listening to whatever, which I usually don't do that when I listen to an album. I usually do like to listen to it straight through. But since most of the songs came out already, I was just not doing what I usually do. And I don't know, the song title just intrigued me. So I went to listen and I immediately fell in love. And it is my favorite song currently, so I highly recommend that you go check it out. Coin, different moons off of the Rainbow Mixtape, also part of the Red Orange EP. Um, and yeah, if you like it, go check them out on tour. Yeah, I think that concludes this episode. So, you know... Continue to, you know, tell your friends about the podcast. I don't even think any of you are telling your friends. That's fine. Um, But, you know, go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I think I have two reviews right now, which is pretty, pretty crazy. I think I have, like, five five five-star ratings, which is pretty crazy. So let's keep those those up. Um, Throw me a one-star if you feel like being a dick. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Actually, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. Continue, you know checking these out when I put them out means a lot. If you listen to this, if you're still listening to this now, like you listen to the entire episode, um, that means you're, you're, you're a real one. So I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope I'm I'm trying, I'm attempting to be more consistent now, but yeah, let's, uh, let's keep this shit going. Uh, as always (laughs) stay kind and stay sad.